Hello, Janet. Hi, Ernie. Hey, back on the phone after. Okay. Yeah, so you're back on the phone after a few uh, video calls. That sounds good. The phone works. Phone works for me. How are you doing today? Good. My dog's getting a little hyper about something. I'm not sure what. Who is hyper? You? My dog is. I'm not sure if he wants. Oh, your dog. My dog. What is it, Quinn? Oh. I guess he's used to Zoom bombing me. He can't really do much when I'm on a phone call. No, but he does want your attention. Yeah, and most of the time when I'm doing my phone calls, I'm walking the dog, but he's already had like two or three walks today, so he's good. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's good. Well, that's going to keep you slim and trim, isn't it? Oh, hopefully. Well, I've got a sweet little dog right here at my side. She's uh, Mm -hmm. curled up on this pillow that she absolutely loves. I I have to trim her toenails. So what did you think about uh, the the whole session yesterday? Did you? It was good. I mean, it was uh, lots of thoughts. Um, I mean, for me, the most poignant part was when the lost sheep discussion turned into a discussion of how to handle, you know, Steve's absence and how different people were responding to that. And so in some ways, actually, it was really, uh, I thought it was a good choice of passage to frame that conversation. And yeah, I think so because I think it uh, it, uh, it, it well, I, I I highly respect uh, the the um, desire that Eric and uh, uh, David Huffman and you know and Robbie everybody is is so wanting to you know look at everybody else with compassion and uh, understand where they're coming from. So it's a very mature group in that respect. And so um, I'm glad that those kinds of things uh, can come up. Um, You know, I kind of have my own hesitancies about how to deal with David sometimes. But um, but, uh, the the fact is that to get everybody to to be talking in uh, directly involving group group um what do you call it i mean confrontation if that's too strong of a word but it's that here and now thing that is also really really cool to experience in a group like this so um uh you know i think we we each have our our individual um experiences with how the emotions of the way somebody approaches something kind of hits us but that means that we're just um, opening up and we're we're actually clicking a little bit more as a group. Yeah, I think this could be a transformational event. Uh, still not sure. Uh, there's a few things that have to click into place. I had a really long conversation with David about this. And, you know, if Steve is available to join us next week, then I think we have a relatively clear path forward, especially if he's comfortable doing the critical dialogue or some version of that. Uh, you know, if uh-huh. something comes up where Steve can't make it, though, I think Dave's made the point that it's something that um, the group as a whole needs to process. You know, it's not just about Steve. It's, it's also about our reactions and our feelings and our fears. And um, so it's important to address that. Um, the conversation we had, which is will be up on the podcast feed eventually, uh, you know, hopefully by 
probably before we know who the president is. <laughs> I'll use that as a as a time frame. <laughs> but the um uh the conversation what if 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 uh Steve isn't able to come, what's a constructive way for the group to engage around this? And I was just honest with Dave, is like, you know, that was one of the reasons why I kept putting it off is because I wasn't sure what there is to be done. And Dave said, well, you know, if I was the leader of the group, I would do X, Y, and Z. I said, that's great. Why don't you do that? And that led to a very long conversation. <laughs> uh, uh, because he didn't want to? He was reluctant to. Um, and, you know, it was challenging for me to pin him down. And when I finally pinned him down, he actually said, okay, um, uh, he wants to uh, get a sense where everyone was coming from. And, uh, you know, at least my interpretation of it is that since Ted wasn't there, Ted didn't sort of buy off on this happening and he's not quite sure where Ted is coming from. So he wants to like check with Ted first and at least get some sense of that for him to feel comfortable leading that conversation, which I think is an understandable thing. And especially since Ted is, you know, the host of this group, uh, I think it's a uh, very important perspective to, uh, to honor. So uh, yeah, it was a fun conversation. Is is he always going to be the host of the group, or well, are, Ted, are literally he is the host of this group because our playlist is on his YouTube channel. So the fact that he has yeah. this Zoom call, the fact that he has this, so uh, it doesn't mean that's the only way for this group to exist. But literally, the group exists now because Ted is underwriting the infrastructure that enables us to meet. Well, that's no. good because I really like him as a host. I mean, I'd be like happy if Ted did it every time. Well, no, yeah, yeah. So the the literal sense of like hosting the software, but also because yeah. it is his channel uh, and his YouTube feed, uh, he's the one who introduces us and sets the meeting. He I mean he he rules with a very light hand, obviously, but. Um, yeah, but he's yeah. he's really uh he's upbeat, funny, he's cool. He, you know, he, I I uh, I love his style and the way that he he keeps. He can keep things moving along. Yeah, and he was the one who really... uh, The other thing about Ted that that I've always admired and that one is that his whole life is just totally sold out for the gospel, right? And and Mm -hmm. just his career and his life and his family and his vulnerability. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the two key values that was centered around when we started the conversations that led to the Great Reset was this idea of really... um, um, uh, a doing something new and different that would have a big impact, but that doing it in a way that really focused on honoring and blessing those who came before. Because it's really easy to innovate out of reaction and say, well, these people were wrong and these people were foolish, but I'm going to do it right. And I've done that more than a few times in my own life. And I'm definitely at the stage where God's been really hammering on me the need to, you know, Honor your father and mother so it may go well with you in the land and you'll live a long and, and prosperous life. And the way to make things that are sustainable and healthy is by really honoring those who've gone before, with even with their flaws, or maybe even because of their flaws, because that is um, what shows us uh, that we need God. And we stand on the shoulders of all those who have suffered and served and told their story for us to learn from. I like the Ecclesiastes presentation of it as, as a, hey, hey guys, there's nothing new under the sun here. <laughs> uh, and, um, and, and, um, 
Well, I'm kind of curious, though, if you might clarify or elaborate a little bit on uh, on on um, uh, honoring your mother and father and what mm-hmm. what that's what that's like for you in this process, if that's part of it. That was an interesting um, equation that you made or metaphor of. Yeah, I think. And I, I, I like the thought of it. Is that you know. A big part of the Great Reset is that, you know, we're stopping doing the things we normally do, and we're trying to find different ways of doing things. Um, uh-huh. And the, in particular, and, you know, how to do this in a way that actually demonstrates the principle rather than violating it, right, is that there are a lot of things, I mean, the way I look at it is that everyone's doing the best they can, but they're all operating under different constraints. And from my perspective, you know, Traditional churches, which have staff, which have congregational expectations, which have budgets and salaries, uh, there are certain things that it's really hard for them to do. And it doesn't mean they're they're bad people, but there are certain problems that they just can't solve. And the goal is to try to build something that will serve the church uh, and say, you know, look, a big one for this is the issue of vulnerable leadership, is that if you are a pastor and people have certain expectations around you and your professional expectations, uh, it's really hard to be vulnerable because people can take it the wrong way. People don't want to know a lot of details. Sometimes they want to have an idealized picture of what it means to be a pastor. And, uh, you know, churches have boards and they have elders and they have to move slowly. And there's certain things you can't think and can't say because of all of those accoutrements of the system. And I used to be very frustrated uh, when it was hard to get a church to move or to sustain things because of all those dynamics and incentives. And now I'm like saying, no, this is not about um, them doing something wrong. This is about them uh, being constrained by the world that they live in. And I should not be looking at them and saying, why aren't you doing this? I should be looking and saying, how can I do this in a way that creates space for you to one, just be yourself and do the things you can do, but then also to work with us to do things that neither of us could do alone. And uh-huh. so that's, at least for me, the, the practical thing is that seeing these, you know, cause I'm uh, an activist at heart, right? I see the way the, or an, a dreamer, right? I see the way the world could be. And it's frustrating that not everyone sees that world or uh, worse when they like say that they like the idea of that world, but they're unwilling to step up and make the hard sacrifices necessary to bring that world into being. And uh-huh. um, really seeing, and what's funny is that I was talking about this, I kind of played both sides of this with, with David, is that David said, you know, he had some very initial frustrations with the agenda I was setting and the issues that were being addressed. And I said, okay, you know, great. So why don't you, set the agenda and show us what this is to be addressed and how to address them. And, uh, you know, he, he waffled a bit. Uh, and I think I said, you know, look, I think, I think this is the whole point that we're trying to make is that if you're going to point out that somebody's doing something wrong, you owe it to them to actually show them how to do it better. And I think Good he finally, for you. that's a very important thing to do with him. Yeah. Very yeah. And that's the same thing that, you know, I think I need to, um, you know, I'm still trying to internalize, and probably need to find better ways to help handle it too, of how, um, actually then led to another topic I wanted to talk about with you, uh, let's see something else, which is that um, 
there's a Bible passage uh, that talks about the teachers of the law. Uh, you remember that passage? Where Jesus uh, has some very harsh words for them? For the teachers of the law? No, no, I, I, I don't exactly remember okay, that one. Do, do you know? Uh, okay. I mean, I'll quote it off and if you don't remember it, I can look it up. It was basically, woe to you teachers of the law, because you lay heavy oh, burdens on people, but do not lift a finger to help them. Yeah, that would be in the that would be in the Sermon of the Mount. <clears throat> that would be the first place I look for it anyway. Um Yeah, okay. And so Matthew twenty three actually. Um oh, twenty three, okay. The, um yeah, this is actually even worse than that, right? This is the same thing where it says, Nor are you nor are you to be called teacher, for you have one teacher, the Christ. Um, what do you teach us all on Pharisees, you hypocrites? Uh, you strain out an apple, swallow a camel. Uh, yes. uh, what is the one there? The... Actually, let me let me look up this up. Let me see if I can find the right exact. Oh, the MIT. I call that whole section the woe passages. Uh, it's a, it's. An admonition, and it's and it's actually quite harsh. I I uh, was was listening to a pastor go through some of that um, in a in, in in some sermons on Matthew, and he was saying, you know, I have to take this really seriously, and it and it actually just scares me to death because Jesus is so hard on everybody, and then he says that's the point. Jesus is elevating his kingdom to a standard that in our own strength uh it's 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 pretty difficult and you you grow in this level of commitment to it you know to be able to make it work and and to do that to right, well to here's standard. not even really a, a, here the weird thing about this passage is it's not even really commands in matthew 23 it's really just woes <laughs> that's um, right it, it, yeah. is, it is unusually condemnatory uh, you know, he says like so. Actually, but let's start with this question here: uh, Is verse Matthew twenty-three, verse ten? Nor are you to be called okay. teacher, for you have one teacher, the Christ. And as someone who has been a teacher, <laughs> and I've often thought that you have the heart of a teacher, I'm actually curious what you make of that verse. Oh, yeah, I have to know. I, I like to know who the audience is that he's saying that to, because that that helps. Some, so Jesus said to the crowds to and to his disciples. Isn't aren't uh, the scribes and Pharisees part of that audience? Um, not according I th to. I think it's discussion. a. a not, I, I think offhand. I'll, I'll do some research on this because I'll I'll answer you from, you know, offhand what I think about it now. But I might actually ponder it and change my mind if I really take a closer look at it um, at this point. But. What I'm, what I see, uh, uh, when he's referring to teachers, most often and throughout the scriptures, he is referring to um, the religious establishment because they present themselves as teachers. The Pharisees presented themselves as teachers. The Sadducees, they presented themselves as teachers, and especially teachers of the Old Testament uh, scriptures of the law. The law, the the the, the Torah, 
And that's what they were all about. And so when when he's dealing with that religious establishment who sets its own ideology up above um, above what the, what the actual scriptures are given to us for in Jesus Jesus was trying to turn that on its head and say hey the scriptures really point to me right so let's actually just give some context here just because uh, if you haven't seen it, 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 I think it's useful for me to just read it because I think you're going in a different direction what? than what I see in the passage. Um, Probably, yeah. Just okay, so it. let me read the thing. Yeah, Matthew 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the uh-huh. law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do oh. what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Yeah, I, I, uh, I follow that. First of all, what's it, what's it saying to you, Ernie? So, so the thing that's interesting to me is about the uh, – Rather than reacting with you, let me say the the thing that I that leaped out at me was kind of this theme we've been harping on in the Great Reset for the last month. Is uh, if you just take it literally, it says, "Don't call anyone teacher because you have one teacher who is Jesus." I guess in this version, it's translated rabbi, but you're not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. Um, and we could go into the language here, but there's a really there's a real strong sense that I think there's something really important here that Jesus is using really strong language because he's really concerned about. Uh, and it's certainly something that I'm very passionate about, which is that, you know, look, in this human system we live in, in Judaism, there is this hierarchy that's set up of people who are respected and learned and authorities. And he says, you know, and look, you should do what they say because they, the things they say come from God, but don't copy them um, because that is not what um, – and, and the interesting thing uh, is don't copy them, right, because your father is supposed to be God, not human beings, and your teacher is supposed to be me, not rabbis. And so what that says to me is that it's really dangerous – to let other people in those places, and it's really dangerous to follow other people in those places. To to, what did you to say? put other people in those roles. Oh, to put you, other people in those roles. Okay. Right, the the role of father, the role of rabbi, and you know, obviously, I'm not going to take this literally because my children call me the, their father, and I think it's the right thing for them to do, but I do agonize over this in various ways. Uh, you know, because like in Eastern traditional cultures, the father is like a god to the family uh, and is treated as such, uh, at least externally. Um, and, you know, I, you know, ever since my children have been young, and certainly since they were baptized at age seven, I, I think a lot about how do I point them to God as father and not 
to me as the source of truth and rightness? And how do I function and, you know, manage to keep the house running without, uh, you know, at the same time? Because there's a real tension there of sort of expedience versus authenticity. Um, but to me, it's a really, like, big, hard problem that I, uh, I've i never actually had a great chance to discuss with someone who's sort of in the crosshairs of this, which is why I was kind of hoping to be able to talk about it with you. Sure, I'd love to. I'd love to talk about it back and forth, and go and discover it along with you, and everything. And there's just always this process. There's always this process about it. I'll tell you something a little more, something personally about some of my struggle is that um, uh, with this whole issue, I haven't had kids myself. Um, but I have been a close aunt to my nieces and nephews. And my brother and sister-in-law um, are are the kind of Christians I'd never want to be. Um, so what that means is is uh, they, uh, my sister-in-law especially, it, it has always. Oh, sorry, before you get too much to, detail, uh, we were we are planning to record this. So. Oh, sorry. Uh, how much detail oh, do you want to go into? Okay. She has an ideology that she was raised in, but it, it's a it's a Christian culture, I want to say, and and she's and she's always told the kids what to think, but not never taught them how to think. Mm. And you you are not doing that. But the, my experience with my family is is it's a kind of like rebelling, my own questioning and my own you know, assertion that let's give them a chance to think for themselves because they're going to discover a lot more along the way in the process. Okay, so the thing that you were saying with uh, with 2310 here is that you were saying that you've seen it's dangerous to put others in those roles of teacher or a respected learned authority um, and I'm not sure that it's actually saying that, but I think that is a worthy consideration. Mm. Uh, so what do you think it's saying? I think it's saying. Um, I, I think it's saying that that uh, they consider themselves teachers, and when they're teaching the scripture, listen to what the scripture is saying, but don't do what these guys. Don't behave. Well, so I, I get the point that, like in verse three, he's saying like, don't pay attention to those guys. But verses eight through 11, twelve, he is speaking to the crowd and the disciples. He's saying you are not to be called rabbi, and do not call anyone our father, nor are you to be called instructors. I mean, it really seems like he's speaking to the disciples here. In verse 10. Okay. Okay. Well, what I need to do is actually open my Bible to this. <laughs> in front of me, I can't. I can't. Do I that. can email you the uh, reference. Of... Anyway. Because um, I am taking notes with one hand <laughs> and uh, holding a dog with the other hand. Now, we're in 23. All right, 
see. Here we go. And it's so we're looking at verse eight. Say, do not be called rabbi one of well, your teachers, and you are all for, uh, for one is your teacher. You're all. And do not call anyone on earth your father. Um, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. Yeah, this is very metaphorical, by the way. Um, and do not be con- and do not be called leaders, for one is your leader. Um, that is Christ. Yeah, this is very metaphorical, and um, if you see the pattern in the language here, it's got it's got don't be called this for one is this. Don't be called this for one is this. Um, right, but but that's but I mean, what is the metaphor in, of? Is the question? Yeah, object lessons. Well, the greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself shall be humbled. See, Jesus is turning. <laughs> He's turning the kingdom. Uh, he's got this upside down kingdom that he's presenting. So, so if he's saying that that you're, um, you know, we're trusting in these already exalted leaders, authorities. But I'm telling you, that isn't what matters here. In in my right. kingdom, my kingdom is the opposite of that. And whoever, right. you know, whoever right. exalts himself is humbled, and whoever humbles himself is exalted. Right. So, I mean, but like, right. okay, I'll go with you that there's some of those metaphors, but what is the metaphor of? Right? What is he actually saying in verses 8 through 10? A meta- what is the metaphor of? Yeah, you're saying it's metaphorical. It's like, okay, I can believe it's metaphorical, but metaphor has to have a point. It's a reference to say this is like that and that this is the linkage. No, it's a metaphor upside down kingdom. He's trying well, to but, get but, them I mean, to it, 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 that, I don't think that's a metaphor. I mean, it seems like that's an example. Of it, um, mm-hmm. but, but I mean, so but it still raises the question. Like, it seems like a fair question based on this passage to say, should we have teachers? I mean, the answer is not obvious what it is, but it seems like it's at least a fair question. Yeah, it might be a meaning that you would pull off, but it wouldn't. That that I don't think that's what it's asking. Personally, and as far as metaphor goes, I'm not really sure if I'm using that word properly <laughs> or not. So, I'm just saying so, that there's meaning the in this text. Uh, um, well, uh, I'm saying, okay, so um, how I might interpret this is is not necessarily that you don't want to have uh, leaders or authority figures but you want to make but, but you want to make sure that that you also can question authority figures like like you do and that's that's very healthy um right. and then also that if there's pride that enters into the thing and 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 um, I'm saying gee I should only listen to Steve because he's got a PhD and Steve kind of agrees with that. I mean, there, there would be something a little twisted about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, that's a mindset that we do use more often than not. In fact, I think in our natures we tend to gravitate towards wanting to assign people the authority, and and not always learn as much as we can uh, or question as much as we ought. That's my opinion. So, anyway, I, I, so I get. What you're saying about verse 11 and 12, 
I get what you're saying about verses 1 through 3. I really have no idea what you're saying about verses 8 through 10, other than they're just an illustration. They don't mean anything. Oh, well, what I'm saying about 8 through 10 is, is it says, don't be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, and you're all brothers. I'm saying that he's that uh, he's 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 saying you can't get off on being a rabbi, guys. It's it's about letting one be your teacher, but it isn't an admonition to make sure you guys never turn turn around and become rabbis. I don't think that's it. I think it's about don't get off on a guy because he calls himself a rabbi. Okay, so that's verse eight. Oh, so the the, the like because in this culture, being a rabbi was a big deal, right? It was like yeah. you know only and, the, and the, best, the best got chosen to be a rabbi. You know, it's not yeah. Um, teacher. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and then and so what what translation do you have for verse ten? Out of um, New American Standard. What do you What do you and have for verse ten? Saying the same. It, the, pa- the, pa- the the pattern continues. Don't get off on being called a leader because you've got a different leader. Guess what? It's me. Okay, so you see the focus is on, so you see the focus as being on the title. Is yes. Don't get too focused on the title. Yes, the title and the uh, implementation of it, the, the, you know, what that thing does. I think that could be included in it too, you know, but... Don't get off on it, you guys. Stop placing so much importance on the position and and even the uh, the implementation of it. I don't know if that's a good word or not. But he's saying, look it. I'm your teacher. Don't get off on being a teacher for 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 you know. One is your teacher, and you are all brothers. There's there's an association with importance being placed on the position and the title. Interesting. I realize um, actually that, that that does play into verse seven, where it says, "How they enjoy the deference paid to them on the streets, and to be called rabbi and master." Mhm. Okay. Respect meetings in the marketplaces and being called by men rather. You're talking about some really. Uh, you know, I, in my mind comes up the, the envision of, of, of the, the Pope, I mean, you know, dressed in a certain way and being respected because he is in that position. And in my mind also comes up maybe Pastor, I'm going to pick on John MacArthur, for instance, you know. I mean, these the, where, where they've, they have achieved a certain amount of um, notoriety and Jesus is saying, you know, your, your title and the, the status that you've achieved might not be that important. But he's also saying that to the crowd. He's saying, you know, maybe you think um, uh, Pastor So-and-so is is cool. Um, but understand that that it's about, it, it's about me. That kind of turns all human governmental systems on its head as far as their importance really goes in the spiritual realm in Jesus' kingdom. All right. So it's that's like a fair critique. All of these things uh, we consider important with authority figures, but guess what? When it all comes down to it, Jesus all says, right. you know, I'm... So I think that's a... Sorry. We still there? No, go ahead. 
Yeah, so I think that's a fair critique. Let me see if I can make this a bit personal and uh, mm -hmm. see if you can help me out with something here. So the, the first that I that is really poignant for me is this, um, you're not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all brothers or in the living, but you know, is that uh, you, all of you are on the same level as brothers. And one of the things that is for me, when I look at how our modern world, especially the Christian world is organized, and this may be naive of me, but it looks like something that Jewish Pharisees and Greek philosophers would be very comfortable with. Well, I agree with that. Okay. So the thing. Nice. Okay. So okay. Good. Yeah, and I think you do, which is why there's something that um, puzzling me, and I'm hoping you can help me figure this out. So, one of the things that I'm trying to do with um, this disciple by scripture is really drawing on the DBS tradition of you know working among people who are you know illiterate due to Christianity, and the whole premise of it is that if you have the right heart where you're willing to listen to the spirit. Hold on one, just one second. Okay. Still there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? Yep. Okay. Sorry. Got a little bit of a dead space there. Uh, my wife wanted to check in since she got home. Um, so, yeah, is this idea that uh, all you need to uh, run this process or lead this group is the right heart? You don't have to be knowledgeable of scripture. You don't have to be knowledgeable about, you know, uh, the cultural context or the background or even knowing much about group dynamics you just need to be have a humble heart and be willing to do that um I think yeah we about except before. there's I think one other it's that it's i'm sorry if i interrupted you but um the it's just that we can't always know our heart um and so and but but that would be a goal um you know that we have a humble heart and we want to have a humble heart um, not everybody, and myself included, periodically, we may jump into maybe not having such a humble heart, and that's what the rest of the group is there to possibly hold us accountable to. Right. Like I said, the, not saying that it, it works to the extent that that people are humble, and that's the only yeah. that's okay. the only qualification, right? And we all and you know the idea is that the 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 greater and certainly it works better. The more you are skillful at hearing the spirit, the more vulnerable you are, the more courageous you are, the more generous you are, the better listener you are. All those things make the groups run better, right? And so one of the things that um, um, uh, was, to be honest, frustrating for me is that um, even though I know you like conceptually agree with these goals, you seem to not be able to keep yourself from teaching, and you bring true. it. You, 
you know, and so I'm trying to figure out um, how can I help you with that? Because, you know, I love having you teach. I love your spirit. I love your active listening skills. But like, uh, I worry that people think, oh, if they're leading the group, they have to know all these things, right? It's, it sort of creates this um, um, it, 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 and, you know, and I'm worried because that's the, and I'm still not sure how much of this was the conflict between me and Steve was over this issue, but, you know, the sense that, well, only those people who are learned can lead these things. And I hope not. Certainly I hope not, intent. right. Yeah, I know that's not, so not your intent. And yet uh, we have this gap between what I think you want and believe and uh, what you're actually doing when you're leading the group. And I don't know uh, how to work with that or what the best way is to move forward around that. So I wanted to share that concern with you. And um, well, I don't know what about, it is that because I was trying really, really hard to not teach. Mm-hmm. And and I also I also was really super tired too. You know, mm. um, I'd probably be better at it on an, on another day but but i was i was trying not to teach but there but the with the format of it in that there's a part where we're all offered the opportunity to to you know offer some explanation i'm i'm not going to stop sharing what Actually, i know wait, 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 wait. Where, where in the format did you see a place where we were offered the opportunity to do an explanation um i don't know it was like Point three or something like that. So yeah, so the, um, point three, it was supposed to be just telling the story okay. and just observing what okay, was in the story and the facts. What's and point? That's why. I, sorry. What's what's the next step? The next step is contemplation, where people are supposed to individually ask the Holy Spirit what He's saying to them through this passage. Huh. And, and then there's a part where you share. No. That, and well, I mean, well, you you share right. You share what God said to you during through the passage. Oh. Um. Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to clarify what 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 I think the passage says, and 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 what except that what I'm sharing is 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 what I know and appreciate about it, and what how it's speaking to me. Right, and I think that, the, yeah. Teaching, I, I'm not I, sure. You know, sorry. we have, I mean, that, I'm sharing I'm sharing what I see in it and what it's speaking, what it's speaking to me. Yeah, and I think that uh, what I was hoping to have happen, for example, in that section, and again, uh, the, so the goal was never to be explaining, right? The goal is to, interact with the passage and um, um, I don't know how you explaining what it's saying to you if you if you do well here's one thing it's like the the question is supposed to be and I don't know if this is actually going to work I keep trying to get people to do it is what is God saying to you about loving God yourself or others right The, the the five dimensions of his command and then the idea is saying, well, I think what this passage is saying to me about loving God is this. And then that's it. They just share that, and you can ask them clarifying questions. But 
I felt like that sometimes that it the, the the hope was that people would share that and then they would turn around and ask the next person, what is God saying to you? And sort of going around like that. And what happened was is that we started slipping into a discussion. It's like, oh, that's really cool. I saw this, you know, there was sort of a reaction. And that was where the um, verging into studying the passage rather than just sharing what they heard God say, if that makes sense. Yeah, see, I can't make a distinction between those two things because part of part of uh, what part of my discovery process is is seeing things in it, and I'm going to share what I see. Right, and so the question is, is that so that's, you're saying that that's so? Um, interesting. Yeah, I mean that does impact what what so, I share about what he's teaching me and and what right. I'm thinking about. Right. So sorry, let me make it, see if I can. Maybe it's a format issue rather than a philosophy question. And that my vision was each person goes around and shares mm-hmm. the thing that they see. And so certainly for you on your turn to say, well, this is what I saw God saying to me through this passage, and here's why. That part is you taking your turn. What mm-hmm. I remember happening was that when someone else would share, is that you would kind of respond to that and say, oh, yeah, that reminds me of this, or, you know, oh, you should look at this. Yeah, and... well, I didn't, I didn't understand what my role was supposed to be at that point. Then. Okay, um, so that's I fair. thought I was holding it together or something. I don't know what it was. So so yeah. I don't really have the fact down too well, and I, and I certainly was absolutely really tired last week. Yeah, you know, um, that's fair. Like, you know, it, 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 this, was, this was our understanding is that, like, did you disagree? Did you not understand? Were you just having the energy to do it? And that's fine. Um, no, it isn't so that I disagree, of... but it is that I still don't really have the hang of the format. I'm, I'm going to say that much. And and maybe it was a little too early to have me. Hold on a second. I got crazy on the other line. Facilit- I'm, I'm not that comfortable doing doing the, you know, doing the let's move on to the next step kind of a thing. Uh, mostly because I really didn't know what I was doing, but the and 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 Ernie, it's not your fault. Like you, you coached me enough in it and everything, but I still, I'm the. This is something that's not a strength in me. You can tell me about three times, and after the fourth time of practice, I'll probably get it. But and, you know, I think that's yeah. I, mistakes along the way. Um, you know, I've never liked that about myself, but it is actually kind of true. You know, I, I like to um, say that I try to never make the same mistake more than five or six times. So if you can do it after four times, <laughs> you're actually doing pretty good. Um, yeah, well, it's it's a, I'm kind of a kinesthetic learner in that respect. Anyway, um, the so so basically, what you're saying is that I, as a facilitator, don't have to try to hold it together by making some kind of comment. In fact, that's not preferred at all. What I do is I say thank you, and then we move on to the next person, or that person yeah. hands it off. So, um, yeah. And then if that's happening, if I'm doing, you know, doing this again at some point, and I start to make that mistake, feel free to jump in and say, so, yeah, I think uh, you know, let's. So I think that's a couple things. That one is that I've been I've been trying to move the word to the word starter. That you're that you're not a facilitator because I think 
in American culture facilitator has this sense of managing the conversation. And the idea being that the person, role of the starter is really just to ask the first question. And then after that, the group as a whole sort of chains along and asking the questions. And sort of, it, it, it's really just sort of the marker points and not having to manage the active conversation. The other thing I think would be interesting is that, I think your point is right, is that but just saying this doesn't really work well, especially people have been trained all their lives to do a certain set of things in these contexts. And so I think the idea of, you know, maybe actually having some specific training where we practice some of these specific skills that are countercultural. Uh, just to learn how to do that. Really be helpful. Yeah, to, if, if that's a skill that we're targeting because one of us or one or more of us isn't getting it quite right, yeah, definitely, you know, practice practice what 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 the process is going to look like, like, you know, a couple of times. It certainly would help me anyway. Because yeah, I, mean, uh, I don't want to blow your experiment. That's really not the point of this, you know. You, you're running an experiment with some specific parameters, and so those parameters have to be respected. All right. Well, thank you. That, that's really helpful, and I feel like that's given me some context for where you're coming from, and also realizing just what is hard. And the thing that, that you know, I keep uh, my mantra is always: there is no user error; there is only inadequate design. Right? If people aren't following the script that's because they weren't prepared enough or the script wasn't clear enough or they don't understand the script or we haven't made sure they're bought into the script. And so, you know, I think this process is really good because uh, like if it was artificially perfect, that would be bad because that would give us a false sense of confidence. So it's actually good that we have all these failure modes and misunderstandings and, and glitches and the chance to process them because that's how we actually design something that's that's more robust and actually works in the real world. Yeah, I think so. All right. Thank you, Janet. Did you have any other questions or requests well, did you or have suggestions? Any other about the about Matthew twenty three? I don't In know. Matthew twenty three or what's going on with the Great Reset or any of that. I mean that's just a separate question on its own, isn't it? Or did that have to do with what we're doing in um in on Tuesdays? Well, it's not directly related to what's on Tuesday. It was more sort of debriefing from last week. Um, it, you know, some of these issues may come up again. I don't know. Um, we have some... You mean uh, Matthew? Not so much Matthew, but this question of, like, one of the things I think that uh, may have triggered Steve during our conversation was that I've been kind of, in some sense, uh, talking down the role of teachers. And I'm not entirely sure exactly that dynamic there, but that's one of the issues that I may not have been clear on or I may have had, you know, an unhealthy position on. And that may have been one of the things that Steve was concerned about. And so, you know, I don't know, but it, so that's what I meant. Like this is actually a topic and a question that may come up depending on how the conversation goes next week, but I don't know. Yeah, well, you're, it sounds to me like you and Steve are having some conversations and you're staying in touch and um, maybe, and, and you'll come to an understanding of where each person, where each of you are, are coming from. At least you're working toward that. 
That's the hope. Yeah, we'll see how much of it we get done offline and whether any of it happens online. But I think that if yeah. I understand it's David Johnson's quote, is that even if Steve's not able to, I, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was talking about you. I agree with you. what you said. Yeah, and I was saying, and my other point was that even if Steve's not able to participate next week for whatever reason, I think we do want, well, my dog is eating my stairs. Goodness, actually my son's dog. He's been pretty good about his puppy stuff, but the, the, the bottom stair of our staircase, he just cannot keep his mouth off of, and he is just shredding horribly the end of it. Uh, oh, well, uh, such is life with a, with a four-month-old puppy. He's teething on your... Puppies will be puppies, and we have to deal with it. So anyway, um, so anyway uh, what will happen will happen, and I guess we will roll with it. Yeah, but it's been right. it's it's a good experience because we have some very different uh, or or some and even it's possibly opposed opposing points of view um, with some some people who are passionate about their own points of view and it's what a good group is. We all yeah, come to think, it with with. And I think a big part of this is trying to find unity without conformity. And uh, that takes a lot of grace. So hopefully we will manifest that. Yeah. All right. I got to go yeah. tackle my yes. puppy. Okay. Well, good talking right. to you. And good talking to you, Janet. Thanks. Take... Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. Mm-hmm.